This is Vernon Jacobs, Senior Pastor of the Embassy Church. I want to thank you for engaging with us through this podcast. May it build your faith and strengthen your walk and cause you to reach the rooftop in Christian living. Don't forget to aim high and never give up. Let's go now straight into this word. I want to just address a spirit. I'm addressing a spirit and I say, Dagon must fall. Dagon must fall. Shout Amen. Dagon must fall. If you agree with me, say, Dagon must fall. In my sermon outline, I just want to show you where I'm going so that you know you you come with me. Uh, This is the points that I'm going to cover. Number one, a weaker altar will always submit to a stronger altar. Whatever is stronger in your life, it will outweigh, outlast anything that's weaker. It could be the opposite. You could have a weak spiritual altar and something that could be stronger in your life that you give it power. It could dominate even though it's a a spiritual altar, but it's a weak spiritual altar. It will dominate over that. Are we together? The presence of God as represented by the Ark of the Covenant. I'm going to talk about God's presence this morning and how to keep the presence of God. I will use an illustration from 1 Samuel. It's biblical. 1 Samuel chapter 5. The idol of Dagon. How it falls in the presence of God. I'll talk about how altars you set up in your life must be realized. That's what you're going to, as the Holy Spirit speaks this morning, you need to destroy some of those things that make it stronger so that the presence of God is not weaker in your life. And so that when you destroy that, peace comes back, uh, stability comes back, the things that you really want from God comes back and remains in your life. And then we go to the power of the blood to forgive and reset your track. And then we will receive communion. The congregation may be seated. Uh, A long time ago, I taught on the the Ark of the Covenant. And uh, when I was doing that series, I made this box. We, we, we kind of located it. It can tell you how old it is by the way it looks. Uh, it used to also have poles here. For some reason, the staff have lost the, the poles. But they are not supposed to touch the box. You're supposed to come there and bend and with the pick up so that your body will never touch the... That's how, how powerful the presence of of God is um, but just for you to learn for those of you that are, are new and you don't know about this this is the Old Testament representation of the presence of God it's it's not in the new but we can use that dimension because when we say we are standing in the presence of God actually this the presence of God was standing in their midst Uh, So, in the Old Testament, the presence of God was standing in their midst. In the New Testament, we are standing in the midst of the presence of God. We need to understand that. All right? It was also called the Ark of the Testimony or the Ark of God. Three names, uh, but it's, it's the Ark 
of God's covenant. It's a wooden chest covered in pure gold, as your picture there shows. Uh, I think they broke off. There were two cherubims, angels out here. And the voice of God will, 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 would come through. They'll hear. There will literally be the sound. God will speak via the two cherubims, the voice of those angels. Inside of this box, and now the priest was not even allowed to touch it, but uh, it looks quite, quite interesting. Did you, did you make this box for us? Yes. Would you come, since you made it, just come and show us. Just tilt it. Somebody help, help her. Because he did quite a good job to inlay it. Turn it on, yes. At that stage, I, why he made it, they were at a coffin factory. <laughs> and so he was the right person to make it. Can you see how he inlaid it? Does it just serve as a reminder to some of you? <laughs> All right, thank you. Good. Thank you, sir. Inside of this, you would find three. The, the tablets, the stone tablets given to Moses or the commandments of God was inside that. Also the pot of manna. When God would feed the Israelites when they were in the desert, He would rain down manna from heaven. It's like wafers with honey. That's how I taste it. If you want to taste it now, wafers with honey, Nice tasting. Every day for 40 years, it never tasted the same. It always had a different taste. That's how God, you, you women think that you have menus in your, in your kitchen that you can whoop up a meal. Uh, God never loses his creativity. He gave them, and the taste, one day it tasted like biryani. The next day it tasted like roti and kebabs. The other day it tasted like beef stew. The other day it tasted like samp and mutton. <laughs> there was a creativity on it. But what rained down last night cannot be eaten tomorrow. Because His mercies are new. Every morning. <laughs> And so they were told not to store, told not to store. Some of you have your grocery cupboards full in case. But they had to trust God for 40 years every day. Uh, I don't know in your house, but if you in my house, we got toilet rolls to last for a year, for a century. <laughs> if anyone needs, you can, you know. But, but ladies know how to store, but... In, in this instance, God said, don't take for tomorrow. If they took extra, it demonstrated that they didn't have the faith in, in God's word for tomorrow. By the time they woke up in the morning, it rotted. I'm saying all of that to say this. When they took the pot of, of manna and put it inside the Ark of the Covenant, it never went rotten. <laughs> Everywhere they took the covenant box, the pot of manna stayed fresh, like, like it was still to be baked. That's our God. In His presence, there is fullness of life. In His presence, there is fullness of joy. In His presence, there is fresh manna. If you can just understand this morning what it is to stand in the presence of God. The things that you worry about tomorrow, if you are in His presence today, you will not have to worry about it. 
That's what the pot of fresh manna represented. And then there was the, the, the rod of Aaron. Uh, it's a rod that they, Aaron used um, and, 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 and overnight it budded, blossomed and bloomed. It speaks about the, uh, the, 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 the instancy of God and what he can do for you. All right. Now, that's the, 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 the presence of God. Now, the Israelites, wherever they went, they would take this box and they all, the priests would carry it. If they were to cross over the Jordan, God said, take the, the Israelites, stand with the presence of God. And when they stood with the presence of God, the waters backed up and it became a pathway upon which they should walk. When they went and they were afraid to go towards Jericho because Jericho was a mighty, mighty city. They had a great army. Remember the Israelites couldn't fight for, for, for anything. They were not trained in battle. And so they were wondering, how are we going to conquer a, a, a city? And, and all through the Israelites' journey, they were never soldiers. They were good farmers because they came out of slavery, but they were never soldiers. However, God said, and I will go before you and I will fight your battles. He said, send the ark in the front. And so the ark goes uh, before them in Jericho. They walk around six times and on the seventh time, they walk with the, the presence of God. And when God says, shout. And because of the presence of God, they win a, a great, the, one of the greatest cities. It's like defeating uh, America today or defeating Russia today. They were, they were trained in, in warfare. But nothing can withstand the presence of God. Thank you. And so the presence, that's, that's, that's the box that they carried. Everywhere they went, they took the presence of God with them. I want to show you a story. One day they go to fight a battle in Ebenezer. And for some reason... In Ebenezer, they are defeated. And the Philistines take their secret away from them. Take the covenant box. And in 1 Samuel chapter, one, uh, chapter 5, it says, When the Philistines captured the ark of God, they brought it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. Then the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it into their house of worship. Where Dagon, their God, set, and they set it up besides their God. And when the people of Ashdod rose early the next day, behold, Dagon had fallen face down on the ground before the ark of the Lord. Anything weaker will bow to anything stronger. Let me say it one more time. Anything weaker will always bow to anything stronger. Whether it's in the physical or in the spiritual, it's the truth. So they took Dagon and they thought a wind blew him down the first night and so they put him up again in his place 
Imagine when you have to put God in its place. When they rose early in the next morning, behold, Dagon had fallen face downward on the ground before the ark of the Lord. And the head of Dagon and both his hands were lying cut off on the threshold. What was, what was cut off? The head and his hands. Only the trunk of Dagon was left behind. Let me just show you. The Philistines worship this God as their head God. The, the, this God had the face and body of a human. But his bottom end uh, had the tail of a fish. At the tail of the fish. You will still see this image on the cups of Starbucks. When we give our children to drink, and I only learned it recently, so that's why I'm, I'm gonna. When we drink, we drink from those cups. You can't drink from two cups. In the early days, we used to go to cast out demons. And we used to look for the demons behind the, the frames. And they used to be in the things that used to come in the people's houses. And we used to cast those things out. And the pots used to shake. They should call them, now you got TikTok, but those days was Tikalosh. <laughs> or Tokolosh. Whether it's a Tikalosh or Tokolosh, it's still TikTok. <laughs> and the things used to shake. I mean, pots used to rattle, and if you were not strong, because everything weaker, will bow to everything stronger. Even now, some of you, and the question is, why do you have to run? When you, when you see these manifestations, demonic manifestations, why do you have to run? Anything weaker. And if you feel that you have to run, then the spiritual camp is for you. You need a spiritual encounter. For those that know their God will do great exploits for him. If you don't hear me, don't hear anything, you got to get to know who your God is and whose you are. When I came to lead the morning's prayer this morning, I, I felt that we had to sing this song. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Here it comes. I am a child of God. When you sing those songs, you got to know, let the power of that thing come into you. Let the presence of that God come into you. Let the pot of the manna come into you. Let the rod of the priesthood 
coming to you. Let the, that, 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 the word that God's given to you. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Boldly disclose. I am a child of God. And I'm no longer a slave to fear. You can't be afraid. You can't. No weapon formed against you. It depends which cup you're drinking from. If you drink from that cup and you know that you are redeemed. I'm getting into that just now. And you know that you are blood bought. You know that you are born again. You know that you are free and you're separated from sin and that no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. It can be fashioned against me, but it's not going to prosper. So then you stand with boldness. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Say, I am. I'm no longer I feel this meeting going to take another shape praise and worship come to me I'm no longer come on declare I'm a child put your hand on your body and say I'm a child of God I'm a child of God. Put your hand on your heart and say, I'm a child of God. I'm the carrier of the presence of God. I carry the presence of God, man. I carry the presence of God. No Jericho is going to defeat me. No Jericho is going to defeat me. No Ahai is going to defeat me. I carry the presence of God. I am, I am, I am. Yes, yes, I'm no longer. Are you a child of God this morning? Make the devil nervous. I am a child of God. Oh, 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 oh,
listen to me, listen to me once you stand in. I want to talk about altar versus altar, altar versus altar. What have you built in your life that has become a dagger in your life that's stronger than the presence of God? So that the presence of God doesn't affect you. When, 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 when we speak about it, you say, I can, I can do this, I can do this, and I can do this, but I can't give that up. It's become a dagger in your life. I'm not talking about old-fashioned idol worship. That, that's represented here, but let's bring it home this morning. There are some things in your life that you have set up higher than God. There are some things in your life that you have given more preeminence than to the presence of God. And you know it this morning because sometimes when you sit in a service and you feel resistance, let me tell you something, I never preach or prepare a message with a face in mind. No, that's flesh. But I'll always prepare. But what, what do you want me to say, oh God? Uh, I, I, I bring that and say, what does the embassy need to hear? And this morning, sometimes you sit there and if you feel resistance during the times that God's presence is in the place, it's a conflict that you, you feel, you, you are, it's a spirit, a spiritual opposition. You want to switch off, you become resistant, you become distracted, you become irritable. When is this man, this man, all kinds of arguments, pretensions, conflicts building up inside of you. Dagon must fall. Dagon must fall. When defenses become stronger to a point of resistance, let me give you a scripture. 2 Corinthians 10.5. What do you need to do? Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Am I talking to you? Is God speaking? Let me say this to you this morning. When you walk in here, you step in through the corridors of the Spirit of God. And, the, and the, the Spirit of God, the presence of God must advance and go before you. So when you walk in here, something happens. You become agitated. Any, any spirit agitates you. If, if in that week, something demonic, when you come here, it gets dealt with. Dagon must fall. Dagon must fall. When you come into a meeting like this, uh, some of you feel the agitation. Some of you feel, mm, Dagon must fall. That thing must bow. Are we together this morning? And I'm going to go straight into communion. Get ready. But let me talk about the blood this morning. This blood will destroy yokes. Isaiah 10:27 says, And it shall come to pass in that day, that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from thy neck and the yoke shall be dis somebody say that word destroyed i like the word it will be destroyed the burden will be lifted and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing it is the anointing that destroys the yoke let me tell you something this morning if if i break this box Ronnie will be able to put it back. But if I 
destroy this box. If I burn it to ash, I've destroyed it. Nobody can put it back. And the Bible says, it is the anointing that doesn't break. It's the anointing that will destroy the yoke. Pastor, why are you talking to the, telling us this? When you come to the communion this morning, I want you to trust God that the, the blood will, the anointing will destroy this thing. It, uh, it must be destroyed. I have decided Let's see who picks up the rug. No turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. talk about this because bring it home this morning sometimes what God destroys it's easy for men and women who know you to pick it up again that's the biggest challenge even though that God forgives me and I walk out of this atmosphere forgiven I feel washed I feel cleansed it's so difficult to still be in an earthly realm and experience an heavenly forgiveness. God have mercy on us. And that's where communion must come in and allow us to forgive and release. And many times we hold people in bondage. Although God set that person free. Is there anybody that, that's here that knows what I'm talking about? Though heaven. And you know, I've been, been studying this and interrogating this. I hope it comes out right. That the man of God can hold the whole church in bondage. By not releasing them. By not releasing forgiveness. There's a scripture in the Bible. Go to the next and we'll come back to those patterns. Matthew. John. No. Yeah. John 20, 23. Look at the bottom. Jesus comes to the apostolic. He comes to his disciples. And he blows the breath. And the Holy Spirit comes on the apostles. And then he says to the apostolic. He says, go. If you forgive anybody their sins, the apostolic, he says, if you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. They are forgiven. I can stand on this altar with the rod of the priesthood and I can release forgiveness. The Catholic Church caught it. They understand confession. Am I right, Cheryl? And so they, they go to the, and then the priest says, well, they take it to another level. But they do say, your sins are forgiven. It is the mandate with the advocacy of Christ that a man of God can stand on his pulpit, mount his pulpit with authority 
and say, Dylan, the thing that's affecting you, that has affected your past, by the advocacy of Jesus Christ and by the release that the blood gives you, you are hereby forgiven. You know what it can do to a man that's been held? I don't know whether you've been there, but when a man is held bondage in captive over something that he did, but he can't go into the future because everybody is holding it against him. But with the rod of the priesthood and by the blood of Jesus Christ, Nisha, you are forgiven. Whew. For a man that's really battling and in bondage and he wants to hear God I've, I've, I've wronged help me there's a scripture that I want to use and before we hold that cup Ephesians 1 7 to 10 in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us he knowing why because in all of his wisdom and insight making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him. Unity is part of the communion table. Yes. To unite all things in him. Things in heaven. And things on the earth. That's powerful. Between you and Mala. Before you take the, the, the cup. Let the cup unite you. That which is separating you. Because redemption by the blood is redeemed you. Uh, redeemed, and most of you know this. Redeem is a financial word. It's a transactional word. Paid. Bought. He has paid a price more than the, the, the cost of the sin. The, the, the purchasing power of, of the blood oh, is great. And, 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 and let me tell you this. You must go and study it. His blood is royal blood. God sent him with, his, with God's blood to the earth. Forget about blood donorship. God donated blood to humanity. This is a blood donor thing. But what, I'm, what I want to show you is. When you kill an innocent man. An innocent man who has who shouldn't be paying for that penalty, Masa, is an innocent man. If if he's guilty, you kill him, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. That's 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 got something else. But if he's a if he's a innocent man, the blood of an innocent man always speaks. Always speaks. Cain killed Abel, and God said. I hear the, the voice of your brother, Clark. Why? Abel was an innocent man. Christ was an innocent man. And his blood speaks volumes. That's the power of innocent blood. 
Romans 8 1 says there is therefore now no condemnation I taught this a long time ago and those of you that were with me don't open my box that God shut And I came into the presence of God and He covered me. Why do you want to discover, discover what God has already covered? And a lot of people, especially church people, they don't know how to let go. When God wants to take us into destiny, we always want to open up the box and go into the history of a thing. This morning, if you come to the table of the Lord, let a man examine himself. And if you want to speak about what's in my box and open up my box, Mercy on you. Because why do you see the speck in my life when there's a log in yours? You want you want to talk about you want to talk about wrongdoings? You want to talk about wrongdoings? And that's what Jesus said when they accused that woman. <laughs> they said we caught her in the act. So he said, okay, so you, you, you brought them. And he went down on the ground and he started to say, Vinay, in 1986, so long ago, there's more to come. And, and Jethro in 2003, and he just wrote the date of that. He didn't even complete. And when he started to write 2003 Jethro, Jethro took a walk. Because he knew greater things are, are coming. Let's help people. Let's release and say, if God forgives, who am I? Families will have greater lives if they can let go. I always say this in my message and those of you that are with me, stop withholding who you should be over something that used to be. Stop being the husband, stop withholding the husband that you should be over something that used to be. Stop withholding the wife you should be over something that used to be. If, you, if you're going to Hold us then for the rest of the calendar of our lives. Is that going to remain? And is that going to be? Is, 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 just, is that how it's going to be? Is your life going to be filled with history and no fulfillment of destiny? No, you're joking. That's why Jesus said, I'll go to the cross. I'll purchase it. I'll redeem them. And he said, it, it is finished. Grab somebody by the hand and tell them, Dagon must fall.
it is finished man it is finished it is finished it is finished there was a song that went oh it is finished the battle is over oh it is finished there'll be no more wars oh it is finished the end of the battle oh it is finished and jesus is lord i did well People will come after and commend you, but you commend yourself. Oh, it is finished. The battle is over. I don't know who feels it this morning in the spiritual realm. Oh, it is finished. There'll be no more wars. Oh, it is finished. The end of the conflict Oh, it is finished And Jesus is Lord